This is Catherine. And this is Seth. And this is DeLorean and United. So today we are talking about post-traumatic growth. Thank mm-hmm. you. And it's my turn to, to, to tell a story about okay. it. And I haven't thought about one. Well, since last time you talked about me, I'm going to talk about you. Okay. And um, I just remember when we met, uh, you had this friendship that was not, that was good, but could mm-hmm. hurt you because the person was uh, uh, emotionally abusive. And uh, in the end, they ended up, uh, the person ended up uh, just stopping to talk to you out of the blue for no reason. Because that's what emotional abuse is. And uh, instead of like turn on yourself and be, be like, ah, I'm never going to have a friend anymore. And like I cannot trust any, anymore. You, you kind of exploded and were like, I never had good friends and I want good friends. And now like even when you arrive in Montreal, you, you didn't have any friends. And you're like, hi, my name is Seth. Here are all my interests. I want to meet people. And then you met people with your your, that had your interest and they were nice and they and but there was not this oh my god I could be betrayed or emotionally abused but now you're mm-hmm. aware that this can happen more and I think for me this is growth because a lot of people could have turned it into uh, reclusive yeah. I, I am not talking to anyone and or I'm gonna become the emotionally abusive friend but instead you became this Friendship is a gift. Yeah. Kind of person. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, and just before uh, we go to the 30 second recap, I'm going to put an audio clip here of the creator of Super Better that explaining what is post traumatic growth. Now this is interesting, right? It seems that somehow a traumatic event can unlock our ability to lead a life with fewer regrets. But how does it work? How do you get from trauma to growth? Well, thank you, Jenny. <laughs> that was interesting. Ooh. Is that my turn to start? Uh, yeah. Ready? Uh, sure. Go. Alice begins a nipping. Quentin is like, I gotta bring Alice back. He eventually does because Julia helps. Uh, yay, Julia. Julia is, is trying to get Reynard. Doesn't eventually because she's nice. And then uh, and then she gets her shade back. And then she can do magic. And then and then Margot, deal with fairies. Uh, Fens in fairy realm. Uh, Ellie gets cock blocked. Penny's working for the library and gets super cancer. And Katie's cleaning up all of Julia's messes. And then they kill magic. Let me get my time out. Okay, ready? Yes. Go. So uh, Margot almost started a war with Loria, and it ended up not happening because uh, Elliot is is now super good with the sword that Fen gave her, and they sing uh, one day more. And then she slept with uh, the, the other prince, but ended up selling Fen's baby. And it's weird. Meanwhile, uh, Quintez is like mopey and sad the whole time. Alice is like, I'm, I'm an infant. Woohoo! Oh, no, I'm not an infant. And Julia is like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be with the beast. What the fuck? The beast is dead. I'm still going to fight with Ren- Renard. Ah! <laughs> Should I take a note? You forgot to say the beast. No, I didn't. Oh, that they killed the beast? Yeah. yeah. Ah, whatever. We have a new big baddie this season. We're not concerned about the beast anymore. <laughs> that thing that happens where the the one villain becomes less villainous and the team's up to help get the bigger villain. Uh, I wonder if there's a name for that. (laughs) At least it didn't last the whole season. Yeah, that's true. I couldn't have taken a whole season of Captain Crunch dancing. Um, I could take a whole season of Captain Crunch like eating it. I love Captain Crunch, guys. (laughs) I've been on a Captain Crunch binge lately. That's not true. I had Cinnamon Toast Crunch the other day. I just like crunchy things. So uh, this is a podcast, a serial podcast, which is my dream. <laughs> it is kind of cat's dream. If it didn't already exist, she'd be doing it. <clears throat> so anyway. uh, uh, I was thinking that we should take a- a- every um, character and go with the post-traumatic growth. 
they're experiencing. Yeah, let's do it. So, um, who do you want to start with? We'll start with Quentin because he's the first on my list. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, so basically, Quentin's sort of journey in this season is the fact that Alice... Uh, you know, gets her and dies and turns into a niffin. And he's basically mm-hmm. spending the whole season trying to get her back. Um, and that's basically... Everyone is like, let it go, dude. Yeah. But he doesn't. And he does bring her back. And she does not like it. She's not happy about it. Because it was about Quentin and not about her. So how did he grow from that? I don't know. I don't think he has yet. Because I don't think that he realizes that he did it for himself. And not for her. Um, mm-hmm. because they don't really have a conversation. Like he, he's like, "What are you talking about? Why would I, I think, bring you?" Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, he thinks that he's a hero. Still, I think. I think where he grew is his relationship with Julia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went from like, "Oh, we're petty and not to like, I promise I will help you, and I didn't, and I'm sorry, and now let's go." Get yeah. You know, and that was really mature, mm-hmm. Quentin. Um, I think he grew yeah. up there. He grew with uh, expressing his feeling too, like saying to people, mm-hmm. "Hey, I'm not okay." <laughs> he's not good at listening the advice of people, but at least he's expressing his emotion. But I agree that he didn't grow a lot. I think he was. Yes, I think well. that the trauma of Alice dying was kind of a lot, and I think that he, I don't know. I think he needs to get over himself a little bit. Yeah, which he does. Just take him, like, you know, another timeline, 50 years, a wife and a kid. <laughs> Is that what it's going to take for all of us to get over ourselves? Oh, dear. <clears throat> well, I have a wife and I have two bunny children, so I'm ready. Okay, let, uh, second one. Let's do... Alice. Okay, Alice. Well, her trauma is becoming an infant. Yeah, I think no, I, I think her trauma. I don't think her trauma is becoming a niffin. I think her trauma is being brought back to life. I think her first yes, but I want to go back before that. Her first trauma was <clears throat> on. That didn't happen in this season. No, but she started the season being mad at Quentin. That's fair. And, but everybody's mad at Quentin. Quentin sucks. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but, un- unpopular opinion. <laughs> but the fact is, like, all of her becoming a niffin was done. Kind of without telling anyone, almost out of spite. What do you mean? Well, like she gets really angry when she's become a niffin. You can her see her like, like going postal basically. And yeah, I think there was such a like, like an anger building, building up and building up of like, okay, uh, Quentin cheated on her, and then they tried to kill the beast, and it didn't work because of Julia, and then they try again, and it's not working again. You know, like they're trying and trying, and it's not working. Yeah, and I think like that the trauma of uh, failure after failure after failure—that's it. Her trauma is failure mm-hmm. because that's what makes her like go mad and become a, a niffin. Yeah, but she was ready to be a niffin in the first season. Oh yeah, she was. She was ready to go that far in the first season already. I don't even like. I think for her, it's a matter of being smart and thinking she can do it. Okay, I could see that. And I mean, like, also, I mean, in the first season, right, there was the trauma of losing her Mm -hmm. brother. That was motivating that. But I I think that part of it for her, too, is being like, no, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. And I agree that uh, the biggest trauma that she has is, well, could being Quentin be a trauma? (laughs) Oh, my God. That is a fucking trauma. That was a weird sentence, too. Yeah, it was. But I I knew what you meant. Um, but yeah, like she was stuck in his head, basically. Yeah. Technically his back, but you know but, what I mean. And, um, and the fact that like, we know that she kind of went crazy as a niffin after that. And even like at the end, she, the, the, uh, the, the fryer. Quentin is a horcrux. Eh? Quentin is a horcrux. Yeah. But he like. Makes people crazy. But the thing is, at, at the end, like, uh, Friar come and see uh, Alice, like, oh, uh, you heard you heard the, the lamprey there after you now, blah, blah, blah. Um, do you think she became that wild? Yes, wild as a, I'm going to use wild instead of insane. Wild as a niffin because she was in Quentin back. I don't know. I think that she probably, okay. Well, 
I think you could argue either way, but what it makes me think about an argument for yes would be, uh, it makes me think about our bunny, Meredith. So we put her in the cage at night because she pees everywhere, uh, if we don't. And um, when when we, yeah, she's a little baby. She's only three months. But when we open the cage, she goes wild. She runs around for like 30, 40 minutes. She's like, ah, ah, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. And that's what it makes me think about. Like if you catch someone, then when you finally like, then if you limit someone and then they finally have all the options, that's like, and I mean, really Alice has all the options, you know what I mean? She could do whatever she wanted. So maybe it did. I think that she still like, like lacking that humanity part of her, her shade. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that she still would have done some of the same things, but I think that it probably made it worse. Yeah. I think she went (laughs) further because of that. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, so I, but I think the, the forbiddenness is a trauma and but like also coming back of that like being restrained again as a in, in a body as a human is is being back to the trauma of the yeah human. how do you it's think that she that. grew from that experience alice from before alice pre-niffin and alice mm-hmm. post-niffin are two alices i think it's hard to say like oh she grew from the beginning of the season to the end because yeah. She's not the same person, like literally. Well, I, I mean, I think that she grew in the sense that now that she has her shade back, like she can feel remorse and things like, you know what I mean? Like she was scared when she found out about the lamprey. And I think that she probably feels guilty about what she did. Um, I think season three will be her post traumatic yeah. season. And it is like she tried to like figure things up, and she's scared of herself and what she did, and she tries to fix stuff, and it doesn't go yeah. well, you know. And it it follows her till season five again, you know. <laughs> and I think, uh, yeah, I I agree that, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think, uh, but I don't think we should compare Alice from episode. Yeah, five. I know that makes sense. Uh, but I do think that. For the little time we saw Alice, like Alice 2.0, <laughs> um, she was trying to, even if she was mad at Quentin and hated to be in her body and felt restrained, she was trying to find back her humanity, kind of. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I enjoy like having bacon. Oh, I make sexy fun. <laughs> Uh, bacon um like as she was going back to school probably pretending that she was normal because like that's what you do when you're coming back of a trauma is you just repeat what you did before because that's a a security blanket Mm -hmm. but i think that like she was trying to go not go back to a, a, a a way she was but find back her humanity Contrary to Julia, who too lost her shade, but didn't went. No, she went far. Yeah, yeah, it's different. They had very different experiences. And and I think that the thing is, Julia got her shade back willingly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that like, I it makes me think about like no two people are ever going to have the same experience, right? Like I have a lot of friends, like I lost my father at uh, an early age when I was like a teenager and I have lost, unfortunately, a lot of other friends who also lost their fathers and like we can understand, we can like empathize a little bit, right? But like that experience isn't going to be the same for, you know what I mean? Even though we're experiencing quote unquote the same thing, like our father dying, you know, it's going to be different depending on our relationship and depending on our age when it happened and depending on, you know, all of these different, you know, and even if it was the most similar could possibly be, it still wouldn't affect two people the same way. Um, Are you ready to move on? Mm -hmm. Uh, The next person on my list is Julia. Julia. Julia has lots of shit going on in this fucking season. Can I say that in, uh, I hated season two before doing this podcast, and mm-hmm. now I adore it. Yeah. And I hated Julia in season two, and now I love her. Yeah, same. I like Julia a lot more in season one and season two in my rewatch. Yeah, I think because we get it more. Because before, we it was like Quentin's like in Julia, and we were always on, on Quentin's side, kind of. But now that we're like, no, they can be together. Their story can be parallel and together. and. Yeah. Yes. 
Cordelia. Yeah, she has a lot going on this season. So when it starts, she teams up with Martin. She teams up with the Beast to try mm-hmm. and kill Reynard. Um, mm-hmm. And that sort of doesn't really go anywhere. Well, it, yeah. Because, it's sort of, because yeah. Martin ends up... Uh, Martin ends up getting killed. But they were almost by... about to kill Reynard. They were like... Well, they were close. That's true. They were pretty close to getting yeah, Reynard. They were like seconds away from and getting Reynard. And then they killed the beast. But do you think that killing him... Yeah, but like, that's what you get back for being seconds to them killing the beast and then ruining it. <laughs> they both did the same thing to each other. I just thought of something. What? When it, she tried to kill Reynard the first time, mm-hmm. our lady of the underground doesn't show up. No. Why? Maybe because she knows it's not going to work. You think? Maybe they didn't get her attention. They're not omnipotent. I know, but that's the thing. Like, what between them and... Going to the underworld? <laughs> yeah. Going into her house, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> going to her house and messing shit up, stealing her shit. Yeah. Stealing her shades. No, her you're right. It, it's totally that. It's totally that. Yeah, I think they got her attention. Because yeah. I, because gods uh, are not omnipotent in this universe, which I love. Yeah, and maybe there are some that are, but there aren't not many that we've met. Like yeah, um, we ha- there's no capital G O D. Well, it's a bit like it's the Greek mythology way of thinking of gods. Yes. Um, um. But yeah, I, what I like about Julia that we can see her uh, post-traumatic growth is even without her shade. She managed to find coping mechanism to be better. And I think it's important to say that losing her shade was a big trauma. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because we didn't actually say that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. So, but like, and despite that, like, she said, I'm not doing it because I know it's right. I'm doing, okay, what would Quentin think of me? Or what would Quentin think? Yeah, well, I mean, she also has to go through a lot of, she does a lot of fucked up shit before that. She basically yeah. uses Quentin as bait for Reynard. She kills a bunch of fucking trees. She has some tree well, genocide. She, yeah, it, it, it were the last of their kind. That's why I said genocide. But yeah, and I agree. But the thing is, like, she was like, oh, shit, I did bad thing. And that's been maybe like the beginning of her growth. Yeah. And after that, like until she get her shade back, she has coping mechanisms. She go to to Katie. She uh she talk to Quentin. She find or uh, even like when the she, I mean she brought Alice shade back. Yeah. I mean. Without having. A yeah, shade. I mean it's a really big deal. I'm trying to think of an equivalent, but it's really hard. It you know it almost makes me think about when you're and this is like me kind of understanding your experience, but like when you're having a day where you're like feeling numb and you're not really feeling anything, and you like force yourself to do things anyway, based on what you think you should be, you know what I mean? Like you should be doing or what the right thing is to do. Like, well, that's what coping mechanism is yeah. a lot of the time, at least for me. Like we're having dinner with friends tonight and I, I told Seto I'm not sure I'm going to go. And then I was like, no, I haven't seen <clears> But it's like essentially eat. like what would I do if I wasn't feeling like this? And I feel like that's the closest yeah, comparison like, I can make because obviously in the real world we're not having our souls removed. <laughs> well, uh, fu- uh, funny, funnily? Funny. Funnily? Uh, interestingly, uh, I talked a lot with Jasper about my depression, my anxiety, mm-hmm. and how it manifests. And I talk a lot having, it yeah. feels like my shade is removed sometimes. When I feel numb, when I feel nothing, yeah. I feel like my shade is removed and there's nothing that can touch me. And I think that being able to have compassion and to know that, oh my God, like you, when she used Quentin as bait, she even had this moment of, yeah. wait, that was not right. You know, I think this show, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say profound because that's not what she is. But like she. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it's the same thing. I think it's similar to the fact that she remembered after break bills. Like there's something very special about Julia. There's some like. I, I always hate yeah. this expression, but saying an old soul, 
Yeah. Like that someone is wiser for their age, <clears throat> like way too deep for their age. And I feel Julia is that, but with yeah. magic and emotion. And I magic think, and um, Quentin. And then at the end of the season, also, it's important to say that she's the only one who can do magic after she gets her shade back and she has that um, yeah. little little meeting with Persephaseph. <laughs> well, her being able to not kill a rapist is some growth. Fucking post-traumatic yeah. growth. <laughs> because it, and we see that Katie was not ready or not growing yeah. there. Because maybe, and honestly, like, I understand why Katie's mad because, like, she did kill someone for it. But that was not Katie's fight. That was Julia's. And Katie got, ended up mad at, at Julia for not doing what they did. But at the end of the day, it was Julia's choice. Yeah. And like, like I say, like, I'm not denying everything mm-hmm. that Katie did for Julia. But no. that was never. <clears throat> but I mean she did I mean we could just go to talking about Katie but like she did basically spend the entire like her entire season arc was like cleaning up Julia's messes and like trying to um, you know in the beginning I think her I think <clears throat> Julia losing her shade was also a big trauma for Katie and obviously not in the same way that it was for Julia but like she spent the mm-hmm. beginning of the season trying to pretend that she was still the same and then you know I mean like locked her up and was like got to the point where she was like after he after julia tried to throw quentin under the bus with reynard she was like this is clearly not like i can't lie to myself anymore um about this and then and then i think the growth really came like after that um of uh sorry i just totally lost my train of thought um i think the growth really came after that as far as being able to help guide Julia and and help trust her again. <clears throat> yeah. I I also don't want to miss out that when we found Katie in season two, she's in a drug den and she's being a recovering addict the whole season. Uh, even if we don't talk about it a lot in season one, uh, two and three, uh, season five, she talks, but she has this deep moment of like, I don't know if I can do it without a crutch anymore. It's too hard for me. You know? And like, it's hard not doing heroin because that was my crutch. And the fact that she's able to fight, that fight, and maybe that's, that's how she managed to, to be out of, uh, like, not into her addiction. Yes, it's with the medication that she takes, even yeah. if it's like, not willingly, she does. But it's by focusing on something else. A bit like we say, like Quentin's a fixer. I think Katie's a fixer too. I truly, truly think that Katie is like Quentin into the. I need to. I need to have a plan. Yeah. I need to have a project, and I need. To I mean, that makes a lot of sense. My life is a mess. And I, yeah, and I think our growth is one to battle addiction while doing all of that, and um, yeah. And yeah, and in, in setting boundaries, I'm going to say that, that. But the thing is, what about our trauma with Kenny? Uh, with him getting sick? No, with like him, she ghosted him out, they're back again, and she's like, no, we're not boyfriend. Oh, oh and that. then him and most, uh, selling yeah. himself to the library. Yeah, and like the whole time, and the moment he's dying, she accepts that they're boyfriend and girlfriend. Sounds like you. Except it didn't take me until I died for you to admit it. It just took like a year. Do you think that the trauma of, oh my God, I might lose Penny? Yeah, I mean, probably. Like, I have to just be real with myself. And I can't be that, like, we can't be together for your good, like, person. And, like, what's the point of that? I don't think it was for for your good. It was just. For her own sake, because well, I think in the beginning, I think in the beginning off. it was, it was like I'm a messy person and I'm gonna fuck up your life or whatever. But I think that's yeah. her wall. That's her wall. From her <clears throat> yeah. Wall. 
never let anyone in except Julia himself. Uh, yeah, that's true. I'm also interested to see because this sort of just happened. I mean, just happened, and I don't know that we really get to see it. Um, I'd have to like rethink about it in season three. But um, her, what happens after the trauma of the fact that she had to kill Senator Gaines? There's like really nothing. We just skip ahead a couple of you know months. But I think that's. I think that's yeah. where anger comes from. No, it's that it's she had to do that, and then they didn't even kill Renard. They didn't even use the fucking bullet. Matter. And and she had I no agency. That, she had no choice. I, I think. Yeah, and like she was not moving, yeah. not able to do anything, not able to like sway Julia. To oh, I meant him. in she killing him, but yeah, that's true too. She had to watch. That's two things. That's that's. I mean, that's like trigger, 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 trigger. Of like two times that she was basically forced to just yeah. wa- let something happen once where she was the active participant in it and once where, um, you know, she just had to watch it happen. But also I wonder, I wonder too, if being like forced to do something where you're not having, where you're, you're like not having all your faculties there was like also triggering for her as far as being a drug user um, of like being under the influence of drugs and like not necessarily knowing what you're doing while you're under the influence of drugs. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, that seems like it would be. <laughs> that is good. Yeah, I, I think, and th- that's what is fun. Uh, starting season three, they are gonna start to give a story to Katie that is her own, and not just Penny or Julia. Because uh, Katie was never supposed to yep. be the show. She was supposed to die in the first episode, but they liked Jake too much. So, <laughs> which I mean, I get, but I think it showed in the writing of season one and two. And season three, were they were like, okay, let's give something to Katie. And since then, she's been like, yes, floating. I agree. I'm glad she didn't die. <laughs> so the the last uh, Earther would be Penny. Oh, Penny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole like the whole fact that he made the deal with the library in the first place. The trauma basically hands first. Yeah, well, I think that was also the trauma of losing Katie. You think? Yeah, because, I mean, I think he he literally says, like, well, what if I did do it for you? Like, he's not like, no, I didn't do it for you. Like, he kind of did. Like, I don't think that's the whole reason he did it. But I do think he kind of did it for Katie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think. But I mean, and I think that was part of the trauma of losing her and not wanting to lose her. Okay, so, like. Like Katie accepting for them to date for him, it was like, yeah, I'm gonna give my life if I have to. Yeah, and it's not the first time he does that. I think he's a very all or nothing kind of person. Oh yeah, oh yeah. At least Penny forty is really like that, and yeah, uh, Penny twenty three is not. But um, and I also think that he's the idea of like losing his hand and losing like control of his magic mm-hmm. scared the crap out of them. Yeah. So the the so like he was like, oh my god, I'm gonna be useless. I'm just gonna be the traveler, and now he could help her. Yeah. But how did he grow from that? I don't know because he's still doing the same things. He's going into the poison room for her, literally killing himself for her. I don't think he does grow as far as that goes in this season, because I think, I think he's still. I think that's. Be- yeah, I think his death is where his growth is going to end up coming from, but I, I don't think he grows as far as that goes in this season because he's still doing those same kind of uh, toxic, like not great behaviors. Like, and and Katie's not asking him to do these things. I mean, kind of. He's she's like, can you help me in some way? Can we get into the poison room? But he's not setting up boundaries. He's not saying no. It might kill me. He's like, sure. I think the only thing that might. Have him grow from season one to now was to be able to know because I was about to say to admit that he loved Katie, but he does in season. Yeah, so I don't really think this is a big growth season for him. No, I think it's him being in in like acting in in the way he just know how to act because he has a messed up life and want to be loved. Because like even if you say like oh I don't I don't love Quentin and he keep helping them because. Did you just say I don't love Quentin? Okay. Yeah. He said oh, oh, that. Oh, like I don't care about him. 
Yeah, exactly. But yeah. like, he keep helping him because like, even like at the end, he say like, go to Elliot saying like, yo, I've seen your book. Don't do that. I feel you know? like he, like, I wonder if he cares or if it's more like, like Julia without her shade where she's like, I know I should do this. I think it was that until the book, until yeah. like the great blind spot and he goes to Elliot and say, yo, yeah. if you do that, you're going to die. Because I don't think Penny of season one will have done that. Anyway, um, so let's let's go to Fillory. We're in Fillory now. Yay! Hi. Uh, hi. 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 It's the bunnies. Hi. Yeah, we speak for them. We do. We speak for. We're like the Lorax. We speak for the buns. Um. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Margot. <laughs> Margot. Oh boy. What you doing? <laughs> so uh, I think like. I think her old season is a trauma. Yeah, I mean, making the deal with the fair. I mean, th- first of all, thinking that she's going to lose Elliot, um, I think mm-hmm. is what leads her. I mean, and not even I think it's what leads her to make the deal with the fairies. Yes. I Before that, I think the deal of starting a war. But that happened before. And realizing it's real. Yeah. Like, you can't just fucking say shit, bitch. Yeah, because she's used to be mean and just say shit. But now she has power. What she says yeah. has meaning. It's like Trump tweeting. And I think, oh my God, it's like Trump tweeting. <laughs> yes. Like you can't you just fucking give say shit. give us a to Margo. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're in power, everything. Or even like it makes me think about like, like you can't be, you just can't be a messy bitch when you're in power. Like it makes me think about Caitlyn Jenner. Like if, if she was just some woman transitioning on her own, it would be fine if she said some problematic shit. But all of a sudden when you're in a position of power, like you can't fucking say problematic shit because people hear you. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, like, like you're representing a community, like Margot is representing earth and the things that she says have impact on how other earthers are going to be treated and like thought about and, you know, and how they're, and ultimately how they're thought about their popularity rating, which isn't great. Um, you know. And I think like what her starting that war is what leads yeah, to yeah. happens. Well, I mean, the wellspring was the wellspring, but them, but, but her starting, yeah, the, but her starting the war was what made them have to fight, which is what made her make the deal with the fairies. So yeah, yeah, and she almost lost Elliot twice that 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 year because she almost lost him when he, he, he didn't yeah, make back. That's true. Him. So like she already told Elliot, like please don't go. He comes back yeah. and then he's going to die. Um, so maybe that's why I just realized that's why she went so rash. And I was like, fuck that, I'm going to give someone's baby. Yeah. But I'm not losing Elliot again. She almost but I think, and I think that there is a lot of growth for her in this season, though, because eventually, right, she does, I mean, she does some other rash things for a while and then eventually gets locked up. Um, but eventually is like, okay, I'm going to go to the fairy realm and like fix this shit that I did. And I mean, goes there with no plan or way to get back. Um, and then eventually loses an eye over it. Well, you see, we were saying like how Penny was, his wake up call was yeah. dying. I think Margot's wake up call was Elliot putting up. Yeah, I do too. Because like, I, I think that, well, it was, it was almost, it was the same for Julia. Julia got put in jail too. And then all yeah. of a sudden was like, whoa, like other people are seeing me as like an active threat. Like my best friend is seeing both of yeah. them. They're like, hey, my best friend is seeing me as an active threat enough that they thought I should be locked up. Like I need to take a look at my fucking self. Exactly, and like because before she kind of blamed Ben for giving yeah. away her baby, which is like fucking, <laughs> fucking victim blaming, Margot. <sighs> but at the end, like she's like, "Come on, sweetie!" And when she has to go meet the queen, she doesn't yeah. force Ben to follow her. Yeah, it's true. She doesn't Goes like they don't force her. No, and I think it's it's part of I forced enough shit. On yeah, Ben, this season. It's just continuing to do weird shit. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I, I, I think, like, she's, 
she's gonna grow too in season and we don't unfortunately we don't see a lot of fen in this season because she's in the fairy realm but i think that there is still some growth there in the fact that i mean she's uh, you know, pretty much always been pretty loyal to Elliot and things like that. But the fact that she does end up leaving her baby, like we see her that she's like, I am not going to leave my fucking baby to warn them. I mean, leaves her baby and loses some toes over it. But like the fact that she does that in order to warn them, like shows that it's not just like she's actively caring about them. It's not just like out of responsibility. I agree, and I also think her uh, telling Margot, like, you're going to fix that because I'm not giving my baby. Standing up for well, herself, for her, yeah. Like, for the first time in her life, stepping up. Yeah, and fix it, like, bitch. fuck you. <laughs> so I think, yeah, and I think and that's something both actresses, but, like, Margot and Finn mm-hmm. help each other to grow in a different way. Uh, Margot learned to be uh, wiser, mm-hmm. and then learned to be more outspoken. Yeah. I think uh, that's the beginning of that. You're right. I just try, I'm just trying to see where Margo um, has grown. Well, I was like I was saying, I think after she gets locked up, her ability to say, "Okay, now I'm gonna fix my mess. I'm gonna stop creating messes and and take a minute to fix one of the messes that I created." Mm-hmm. But in the end, what in the end, even if she tried to fix it, like she ended up saying, like, oh, we need like social, uh, martial law. And she wanted to go like full dictatorship on her. Not after she came back. Yeah. That was the very last magic. episode, wasn't it? Yeah. And she comes back and then they lose magic and she freaks out and that's what she says. So then I don't know. Maybe and she then, doesn't grow as much as she should have. Maybe that was all, though we, we told that this part was actually out of fear. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like, I feel, I feel she was about to grow into understanding and taking a responsibility. And then she lost magic and took, the fairy took over. Mm. And I think it put her back into her trauma. Yeah, I think so. Um, let's move on to Elliot. Um, I mean, he basically spends the whole season doing what Katie did for Julia, trying to undo all the shit that Margot does, and then gets cock-blocked. Oh my god, you're right. It's very sad. Yeah. I think Elliot's growth is, we can see it as him, how he became a king. He went from the beginning of the season and said, like, I don't care, and like, YOLO, uh, I'm king shit, here's how yeah. you You know? To like, Telling to the god of Fillory. Yeah, I think that he really his love of Fillory. What's the trauma though? The trauma being was to a, be forced yeah. to be a leader. That's what I was gonna say. I was curious what like, your thought being was. Being a leader, like <coughs> being being forced to be a leader, being forced to have a wife, being forced to have yeah. intercourse with your wife, and have a child that you don't want. And at the end, like it was her, her it was his child, and you're gonna yeah. fix it because it's my child, and like you're gonna. I'm going to try to fix Yeah, I think that he really like falls in love with Fillory and and takes the responsibility really seriously. Yeah, I think um like we said we never wish trauma on people, but I think this this really helped Elliot to get out of his ass. It was always about him before. And I think at the end, even like at, at one point, he's like, oh, how will people like me? Okay, I'm going to fight to death uh, injury, which like, come on, Elliot, that's stupid. Elliot, but, uh, babe. <laughs> but exactly. But like after, if we see like there's a turn, <clears throat> there's a turning moment for everyone. <clears throat> Elliot is to lose his position in Fuller. When he's mm. out. And he's like, wait a minute, I care. Fuck that. <laughs> you know? And I think after that, he's going, he's going like solution mode. Oh, I was going to say, um, what about the trauma of losing magic yeah. for everybody? And do they grow from that or are we going to see that more next season? Um, I think Penny is the one that freaked out the less because he didn't have magic. Yeah. And I mean, season three is literally them being so traumatized that they try to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But I think we'll probably see more of that next season. But I agree that the, 
this is this is gonna be the main trauma. Yeah. But also the trauma, it's not a trauma, the surprise of Julia has magic. Which is like a reversal of of the, the beginning. beginning. Yeah, I was just gonna yeah. say that. But it's actually like, it's interesting because it's a reversal, but in a way it's the same thing because it's the same scene. It's the two of them sitting together and she creates a spark. Yeah. So it's but it's mirroring of, what happened in the beginning. But instead of him being like recluse and saying like, no, you shouldn't, he's like, holy shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because he left everything. Yes. So. And then after that, well, my analysis will continue when I do. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see what season three brings. Um, right, so now it's time for our Lectio Divina. So Kat is going to uh, find a sentence for us. And what we're going to do is we're going to take take a couple steps. Uh, our first step is just going to be looking at the sentence from the script and saying what's literally happening happening here. Uh, our second step is going to be thinking of any stories, any other works of fiction or just stories in general that um, make a, that this sentence makes us think of. And then step three is we're going to think about excuse me. <clears throat> and then step three is we're going to think about a story from our own lives that this makes us think about. And step four is thinking about uh, how uh, how we can, what, and step four is thinking about what we feel called to do based on the conversation that we've had. So Kat, what is our sentence? Oh, I knew the difference between magic and miracle. Okay. What's happening there, Kat? Uh, basically, it's Julia talking about magic to Quentin and saying how stupid she was. Yeah. Knowing. No, to uh, believe. Katie. And to have believed in Our Lady on the, on the Ground. Yes. Okay. Um, um, stories. I have my story. Okay. What's your story? It's, it's really, really... <laughs> Narrow. In Harry Potter 2, at the end, when they fly with uh, Fox out of the chamber, uh, Lockhart says, It's amazing. It looks like magic. <laughs> and I don't know why, but it makes me think of that. I love that. Uh, I knew the difference <laughs> between magic and miracles. Okay. I, I don't know why, but it's making me think specifically of the rose from beauty and the beast not like this just the rose it's magic that's all that's all i got and being lovely would be oh. um and then for so for the story from my own life i i was thinking about there was this time don't judge me you're gonna judge me i can feel it there was this time when i was like I'm I'm Christian and I'm I mean I don't like to rate religiousness on a scale but like you know I I have a queer bible study that I run and I go to but like I don't go to church every week like I don't I don't consistently pray all the time like well you know I'm just kind of like God's there he's cool we cool um and uh but there were times in my life where I was like super duper like going to church every week and like really like uh really religious and um there was this one time when i was in italy specifically because i didn't really know anyone there i didn't really have any friends so like god was my bud <laughs> and i was just like really deep into it and i had i also had a roommate who was like very christian and so we were just like sort of really deep into it and um there was one day where i did not do it because the sense in my brain told me not to, but I remember thinking like, God, what if I just walked across the street with my eyes closed and trusted you to not get hit by a car? <laughs> and I remember thinking this, I did not do it again because like the logic of my brain was like, don't do that stuff. But I like, to me, there's like, there's a difference, but like, it, I don't know. It makes me think of that. Like I can believe that there's a God and not believe that like, I can just decide when miracles happen. <laughs> You're like, that's not, it's like when there'll be times where people will be like, God, give me a sign. And like, that's not how God works. It's not like a candy machine. Like, it's not just like, he doesn't just dole out things because you decide you yeah. want something. Um, and, and so I don't know, it makes me, it makes me mm -hmm. think of that idea of just like, 
like when people demand miracles like my parent is sick make them better or like my this is happening make this fix this and it's like that's not how yeah they wouldn't be miracles if you could just ask for them <laughs> but but then it's interesting because i think a lot of people will say that they don't believe in god because of the because of that um but anyway i don't know that's what it made me think about i think for me it reminds me i don't have like a specific moment but that sensation of mm. realizing that what growing up is like mm-hmm. and it's not that magic and things don't just fall on your lap that like okay you have to work hard to have money and even then it's going to be hard and then you're going to have to have an insurance and a mortgage and think if you want kids and think if you want to date and who am I and blah 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 and this idea that you won't magically yeah yeah have it figure it out I still I, I'm still waiting for like I just hit 30 and I always thought like oh by 25 I'm there's no age that's the secret have everything figured out and they like yeah kind of disillusion. but that they're the kind of disillusion but also how sometime Being a grown-up is great because I can eat a whole cake if I want. Yes, cake. You know, like, th- th- there's something good about which may- maybe my miracles, but, like, it's amazing that I can just walk to the store, have a cake, and that's my, that's my meal. Don't do that. It's not <laughs> good for your, for your health. But you know what I mean? Meanwhile, there's also a dis- disillusion that, yes, I can do that, but look at me. I just said it's not good for my health. And, 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 and like, you, you, you like kind of destroy the magic yeah of it. Mm. um for what I feel called to do I think like in my personal life just to like I was talking about before with um like in my personal spiritual life just like not to demand things <laughs> to remember that that's not how that works um and also i think to appreciate small miracles and look for them and not be de- not be saying oh the one that i asked for didn't happen yeah. uh I, something really good just happened for a thing for, for my other podcast yeah so um i just i just received something really awesome from my other podcast and uh which i'm not allowed to announce yet but um so like that to me, like that's a small miracle. Like, yeah, I did. I worked for it. It's not just like someone handed it to me, but like still like that's the fact that I got that over, you know, however many other people is like still a small miracle. And so appreciating those things, I think, mm-hmm. instead of saying, oh, but this thing is going badly. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, there are this podcast that I listened that you know about. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. And then they have their big wonders where they talk about like things that depend, but they also have small wonders. And it's just like, they don't explain why. They're just like, yo, ketchup is really great. And then they continue, you know, like, I love ketchup, you know? And I think I want to go back and have those small wonders every day or every moment that I feel down, maybe. Like when I feel like, go back to the beginning, when I feel numb and I feel like I'm acting out of, I remember more yeah. than I know. Um try to make myself I like that. wonder. All right. It's time for our flower and our vase, which is basically an expression that means don't give a backhanded compliment. Um, but we, we use it to give a flower to someone who we think did a good job in this season, in this, uh, for this episode. And uh, we give our vase to someone who we think did not do a very good job. Um, I would like to give my flower to Julia because I think she had some of the most growth in this season, just like from experiencing. So I think that she arguably experiences some of the most trauma of everybody in the series. Um, and, and a lot of it alone, um, you know, she does have Katie for some, some of it, but, um, you know, she basically loses all of her close friends and, you know, in a very traumatic way and then it has something very traumatic happen to her and all, you know, she goes through a lot of trauma um, and, uh, and still manages to like fucking come through that without her shade and, and still have a conscience, which is like kind of amazing to me. And, um, and so I would like to give my flower to Julia and um, Honestly, I kind of want to give my base to Quentin in this season because he spends his whole season doing something for himself that he's pretending is for someone else. 
And then being like, why aren't you grateful that I did that thing? He's such a whiny bitch in this season. I don't like it. <laughs> Faith, what about you? I wanted to give it in my flower to Julia, but okay. I'm going to give it to Elliot, who um, in season one, we, when we, we, we finished the yeah. season, he was going to Hillary to die. And at the end of this season, he said that it was home and he grew up to be like a good king. Not a perfect king, but the best king he could. And yeah, I think uh, if Julia grew up a lot from her trauma, I think Elliot too. Yeah. Um, so you go, Elliot. And I'm going to give my advice to Margot for fucking selling a baby. <laughs> Don't sell babies, guys. I mean, I uh. think that for acting, for not understanding her position and yeah. how much power she has. Yeah. And how even if she learned it, she learned it on one thing, then she's going to do another thing with that power that is going to be bad, mm -hmm. you know? So I think, um, and I, she's going to learn from that, I know. So I, 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 I'm not afraid to give her that, that, that base. Uh, she fucking deserves it, man. <laughs> well, um, before we wrap today, I just wanted to say, well, this is my last episode. And so I just wanted to say thank you to everybody um, for supporting us and for listening. And I've, I've really had a lot of fun doing this and it's definitely bittersweet to leave. Um, but I'm really excited for what's going to come in the future. You're going to have a lot of new awesome guests. You won't have to listen to me every week. Ah, you're welcome. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think it's, I think it's going to be really awesome. And uh, thank you. Yeah, we're gonna miss you too. It's gonna be weird having to find a new intro. <laughs> new music. This is Catherine yeah, and I, some I got, other person. Not Seth. Make it not I got, Seth. Uh, <laughs> I got uh, uh, other people, like a lot of uh, other people. I even got some of the cast. Yeah. And talk with us. So I'm so happy. And uh, yeah, so um, I mean, season three is my favorite season of the moment, so I'm really excited to jump into it. But Yay. we're going to take a break of a month uh, just because I need one. <laughs> and uh, basically what's going to happen is I'm going to record the 13th episode in two months and release it through the year. So I need that time to uh, record and not freaking out on recording editing. So uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back in March. Sounds good. So All right. see you again, Steph. And um, I'm still going to force you to watch this thing. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Bye, All right. Guys. Bye. Bye.